We hope that you have been enjoying Take Heart Summer Interview Series. Thank you for listening to our podcast and sharing it with others. We are taking our own advice regarding self-care, and during the month of August, we will be off, so there won't be any new episodes. So go back, listen to some of your favorites, and get excited for Season 2. It launches September 7th. If you're not already an email subscriber, you're going to want to go to our website and subscribe to our email as we will be releasing some new exciting things in the fall to our email list. Our website is TakeHeartSpecialMoms.com. Welcome to Take Heart, where our goal is to give you hope, offer insight and encouragement so you can flourish in your journey as a special needs mom. Each week, Sarah, Amy, and Carrie will explore a theme, share an inspiring story, practical tips, and encouragement using their combined experience of over 30 years of parenting. Thank you for joining us today. there, it's Carrie M. Holt today, and my guest today on our Take Heart Summer interview series is Jess Ronnie. She is an author, speaker, and a podcast host at Coffee with Caregivers. She is also the founder and executive director of the Lucas Project, which is a nonprofit dedicated to providing recognition, resources, and respite for special needs families. She and her husband, Ryan, live in Tennessee with their eight children, including their son, Lucas, who has profound special needs and autism. Her story of Beauty from Ashes has been shared on the Today Show, Daily Mail, and Huffington Post, and is detailed in her memoir entitled Sunlight Burning at Midnight. To follow her ongoing saga, she can be found at justplusthemess.com and also thelucasproject.org, which is her nonprofit. She also has a new book coming out in June entitled Blended with Grit and Grace, and that will release June 15th. Welcome, Jess. We are so glad to have you on our podcast today. I am just really excited to be hosting you and interviewing you because of all the things that you are doing to bring awareness to caregivers, caregiver burnout, and the mental health awareness. So could you tell us just a little bit about yourself, your family, and your special needs journey? Sure, and thank you so much for having me. Um, Like you had mentioned, I'm Jess Ronnie, also known as Jess Plus Semes. I'm an author, a speaker, a nonprofit founder, podcast host, and documentary producer, and mom of eight. Um, We have children ranging in age from five to 18, and we also have a 16-year-old son, Lucas, who has special needs and profound autism. And we recently moved from Tennessee to Michigan to pursue more resources for him. And that's going well so far. That's great. So tell me, tell our listeners just a little bit about your journey as a special needs mom and maybe just a couple of the highs and lows. I feel like when we meet other moms who have children with additional needs, 
you know, you kind of want to hear their story. So. Yeah. Um, well, I'll bring you back to 2004. And that's when I found out that um, my unborn baby had a stroke in utero. It was a 20 week ultrasound appointment. And the doctor said, there is very little hope. We suggest that you terminate and try again. And my husband, Jason and I um, put the baby in the Lord's hands and just have faith that God would do what he wanted. And if it was his will to bring the baby home, that this baby would be healed in heaven. And if it was his will that the baby lived, then he would equip us with whatever we needed to raise Lucas. And he was born on August 12, 2004, underwent brain surgery at three days old and was discharged from the NICU two weeks later. And we kind of looked at each other like, okay. Um, so we went from your baby is going to die to here's your baby. Good luck. And that was kind of our initiation into the world of special needs. And um, honestly, I didn't grieve a lot in the beginning because I was just so thrilled that my baby was alive. I think a lot of the grieving came for me later on as Lucas began to go through puberty. And that's when we saw a lot of the aggression and um, just a lot of his behaviors changing. And that's when I realized like, okay, this is forever and this is really, really hard. And what are we going to do for not only him and his well-being, but what are we going to do for ourselves as caregivers to ensure that, you know, we have collectively the best outcome as a family? So Jess, I know that you have a heart for caregivers and I know you have a podcast called Coffee with Caregivers and you've been working on a documentary lately called Unseen. Could you tell our listeners about that? Yeah, I would love to. Um, Unseen is a project near and dear to my heart. And actually, it was a dream that started about five years ago as Lucas began to go through puberty and undergo some changes. And um, just recognizing that my own mental health was really taking a deep dive in trying to be his caregiver and also seeing my husband's mental health as he landed in ER multiple times um, with panic attacks. And just thinking if there was a way to somehow show the world like what we go through as caregivers and sort of peel back the curtain and just allow the world a peek into our lives. And it was just this idea of kind of a day to day in the life of a caregiver with a child with profound special needs. And I reached out to um, a local filmmaker and his wife and, um, actually spoke with numerous filmmakers and producers before landing on this couple who just seemed like the perfect fit. And we've now been working on it for about two and a half years and we're just about there and we're actually hoping to have the finished product by this fall. That sounds wonderful. I think you will be reflecting just so many of our stories that, that the world needs to know. And um, I love how you talked about mental health. And so our mission here at Take Heart is for our listeners to know hope, joy, and connection. And in light of that mission and just, and your passion um, for helping caregivers, what is one way that your faith has grown as a result of your journey? And just how have you, how have you changed? And how is this, how is this documentary helping, helping you to be a better caregiver? Maybe. I'll start with the faith question. I think 
what has really solidified in my heart and soul in the past couple of years is this resounding theme of I am God and you are not. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I keep hearing from the Lord. Um, And I see this thread play out in my life over and over again with everything I've been through. I am God and you are not. So trust, trust the path that I have you on. Yeah. And it all does seem to unravel in a way that brings glory to his name. And that's hard, isn't it? It is really hard to give up that control as a mom, as a caregiver. And then what was your second question about the documentary? Um, Just how has the documentary even just helped you in your faith journey? Like, what have you seen as you've been, or maybe just learning through developing this documentary? I think all of humanity is connected through stories. And, you know, that's, I've always been a writer. So that's been my medium of choice. Um, But then using this other creative medium to tell stories and just seeing that we're not alone in this thing, you know, called caregiving. And there's connections all over the world with other caregivers. And every time I receive a message saying, thank you so much for seeing me, it just warms my heart. Yeah. And I think that is one of our core longings, right? To be seen and to, and I'm so thankful that, you know, God sees us that when he met, you know, I think it was, um, uh, Abraham's wife in the desert, um, you know, that she was, that she was seen. I can't remember her name right now, but, Sarah. um, Sarah. Yeah. 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 Yep. Well, that's Sarah, but the handmaiden Hagar. When, oh, yes. When he saw Hagar and he said, I am the God who sees you. Um, so what what is one thing about Lucas that gives you joy? What's one thing that you love about him or one thing about your life as a special needs mom that gives you joy either way? I think Lucas has taught me how to be present and stay present. Um, You know, he's not bogged down by all the political crap in our world today or, you know, what we see on the news every day and all the Facebook drama. And Lucas just exudes joy living in each and every present moment. And that usually involves, you know, food typically cake, (laughs) Um, singing, music, hanging out with his brother, Josh. And he's taught me to slow down, stay present, stay in this moment. And I also look at him often and just think to be that close to the heavenly father. Like, I don't know. I've even questioned whether or not he has sinned because I don't think there's a malicious bone in his body you know, and to have that kind of purity to walk with the father, like Enoch walked with the father. I think often like the typical people of the world, you know, we think, oh, these poor, you know, people with disabilities or special needs or extra needs or whatever. But I often think that the heavenly father looks at them and says, no, you have no idea. Like they walk and talk with me and they are in perfect communion with me. And it's you all, you typical people who 
are missing out on so much of that purity and communion because you're so bogged down by the heaviness of this world. And we chase after the stuff of the world. And Lucas and those like him don't chase after that stuff. Yeah. So I just, in some aspects, you know, I envy him in, in that regard. Yeah, for sure. I know with my son, Toby, I think just the level of suffering that he's been through, um, I know that he just has this unique connection with the Lord and just, you know, like you said, because he's experienced the presence of God in a way that, that I have not. And, and I've experienced his presence very much just with everything we've gone through with him, but obviously he's the one actually experiencing all the surgeries and, and the things that he's gone through. So I know that Lucas has, is it seven siblings? Am I saying that right? Yep. Okay. So I know a lot of times we talk about special needs siblings and, you know, that balance and, and mom guilt and things like that. So tell me just a little bit about the connection that Lucas has with his siblings and how do you feel like, how do you feel like your other kids are, are better because they have Lucas as a part, as a brother and part of, part of your family? Well, Lucas has a closer connection with some of his siblings than others. He's extremely close to Josh, um, their buds. And we actually just permanently moved Josh here to Michigan because we saw so much anxiety in Lucas and now having his brother back here, that anxiety has totally chilled out. Um, he just missed his brother. Yeah. And, um, and there are a couple like Maya, my 16 year old daughter, she'll sit and sing with him. Um, she has a very pure heart and Lucas responds really well to her. And I know I I've been asked this question quite a few times, like, don't you feel like your other kids have gotten, you know, shortchanged in the world because so much of your time and energy has to go into Lucas. And I guess my response is no, I don't. Um, Having Lucas as their brother has brought out the best in them. It's taught them patience and mercy and kindness and to accept other people, you know, graciously and to extend grace. And these are all attributes any parent would want seen in their children. And all we ever get is praise for our other kids about how kind they are, how they reached out to this child or that child and tried to befriend them. And I believe so much of that comes from Lucas being their brother. And yes, you know, a lot of our time and attention does have to go into Lucas, but the world doesn't revolve around each of us individually either. And I think if children can start to learn that from a young age, like the world does not revolve around you. We're all in this together, this great big grand thing called humanity. And we all have to try to lift each other's burdens. And these are values that they understand and implement already in their very young lives. And I have nothing but extreme gratitude and pride when I see how my kids are going forth into the world and extending kindness towards other people. Yeah. I know I was listening to one of your podcast episodes when you were interviewing um, Jolene Philo, and she was talking about, you know, growing up with her dad having MS or multiple sclerosis. 
And it really hit me that she talked about how she never really knew anything different. So she didn't have resentment and things like that. And I realized one of the faults that that I have made in my own life, and part of it is so um, my special needs son is our third and his brothers are 22 months older and then three and a half years older. So they were really young when Toby came along and then he spent two months in the hospital fighting for his life. But I did too much almost protecting of them and not enough of including them in, you know, his care. Um, just, you know, and I, and some of it was needed. They needed to be protected. I mean, Garrett had a had a second birthday in the hospital. Obviously, he's not going to handle, you know, anything at two, right? Um, but I think you're right that our the kid, our siblings, for the most part, and it's a little bit different with Toby because they they treat. I mean, they just Toby talks, and so you know he can get he can give it back, you know, if right. arguing and things like that. But they they do have a different level of kindness and just. Um, you know, connection and in a servant's heart, I think, because of their brother. But I'm trying to even now still do a better job of just, you know, teaching them more connection with Toby. Um, so I, one of the things I think that we do struggle with as special needs parents and families is connecting like in the community, connecting with our spouse, connecting with other families. So what is one piece of encouragement that you would give our listeners on the topic of connection or a piece of advice in that area? I can always speak for, you know, what has worked for me and it's, you know, friendships are very, very important, but I've made it a top priority to stay connected to my husband. Just knowing that marriages can often fall by the wayside very, very quickly with, yeah. you know, eight children and special needs involved. And we have just been very intentional about staying connected. And that includes up until now when we're living in two states, but praying together every morning. And we've still been doing this even over FaceTime. Um, we used to walk together every morning, just the two of us. And then just being really intentional about a date night. Um, I think when you have a solid partnership and especially a solid partnership with somebody you know, that you married. Um, it just makes this caregiving journey so much easier. And I'm even noticing that now with him in Michigan, or I'm sorry, him in Tennessee and me in Michigan, there's, I don't have that person at the end of the day. Like, even if it's been a really rough day, yeah. just that person who's like, yeah, I get it. I'm in this with you. We're in this together, honey, type of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I think we, we probably, came into our marriage understanding that because we had lost our first spouses. So we've always just been extremely intentional about maintaining a really firm foundation with our family. And that for us begins with being intentional about spending time together. Yeah. And I love those practical ideas that you gave to just, those are so important. I, it's, you know, my husband, I've been married almost 21 years. So it's like, even now I, you know, cause you, you know, you have teenagers, I have teenagers mm -hmm. and it can be very easy <laughs> to let the relationship just kind of, you know, 
go on auto, I don't autopilot almost, you yeah. know, and yeah. Yeah. I love that. Even though you guys are separated just for right now that you're praying together over FaceTime. That is, that is really awesome. So, um, so what about if you could go back to the beginning of your journey? I know Lucas is 16. What advice would you give to yourself? What would you tell yourself? Take it moment by moment day by day, hour by hour sometimes. I think as caregivers, it's so easy to get overwhelmed with like the big picture and going to the worst case scenario of everything. And I know when Lucas was first born, I was imagining myself like back in the hospital constantly with surgeries and shunt revisions. And and in reality, he's only had three surgeries his entire life. So for 16 years. And if I could have just like given that worry over to the Lord and let it play it out, you know, moment by moment, there's grace in everything that you have to go through. Yeah. So rather than like borrowing worry from years down the road, just trying to stay present again, I think it always comes back to like trying to stay present and not, yeah. you know, running too far ahead of the situation. Yeah, that's really good. It That's interesting that you say that because I'm actually trying to teach Toby that right now um, just because I don't know why he just has this. Well, he's facing a really big surgery in a couple of weeks, but he's just been fixating on that, which is normal, you know, and I'm trying to allow him to grieve and to have his feelings and all of that. But I keep talking to him about let's focus on today. Like, what are we going to do together today? You know, we got to do your school. We got to do this. And um, it's that's so, so good. So um, I would love for you just to tell our listeners a little bit about your first book and a little bit about your podcast. I started reading your books on Light Burning at Midnight. I haven't gotten very far into it because, as you know, it's hard to sit down and read. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> I bust through a book a day. <laughs> right. I'm um, on the same book from like two months ago. It's right. a really good book, too. But yes. Yeah. I I was really drawn in just in the very beginning by your story. And I would just love our listeners to know um, about all the resources that that you have for them and encouragement that you can share through your resources that you have. So will you tell us about them? Yeah. Sunlight Burning at Midnight is the beginning of my story. It's when I first received the diagnosis for Lucas. And then um, it walks through um, my first husband's cancer journey for three years and then losing him and my remarriage. Um, I have a second book that is releasing June 15th, so about a month from now, called okay. Blended with Grit and Grace, and that is a continuation of the story. Um, blending our two families, having an eighth and final child together, and living in rural America until rural America just didn't work for us anymore. And we moved towards resources um, for Lucas. Um, And then Coffee with Caregivers is my podcast. And that's just where I talk vulnerably and honestly with caregivers like yourself about what their child's diagnosis is, um, how it affects their family, how it affects them as caregivers. And I think it's just really important to share our stories. I think we glean a lot of information from one another, a lot of encouragement. And again, it's just that principle of, I see you, you see me, we're not alone in this thing. Um, 
And then the Lucas Project is a nonprofit that I founded in 2017. And our mission is to provide recognition and respite for caregivers. Um, and by the time this airs, we should have a completely revamped website. It's gorgeous. I saw a peek of it two days ago, um, and it is amazing. And we're going to have so many tangible ways that people can reach out to caregivers and say, I see you type of thing. Um, yeah. And then the recognition arm of our mission includes the documentary that we had touched on earlier and then the podcast as well. Yeah, I love that. I I think this all of these are going to help our listeners and um, and help so many caregivers who need to be seen. So, well, thank you so much for being here today on Take Heart. We, I know you can be found on Instagram and Facebook. And can you tell us what I... I think on Facebook, can you tell us what your handles are? Oh yeah, media? I'm on Facebook. Um, <laughs> okay. Justplusms.com is my website and then justplusms on Facebook and Instagram. And then the nonprofit is the lucasproject.org. Um, and then the documentary is caregiverdoc.com. All right, great. Thank you for sharing those. And I'm sure we will talk again. So thank you for being here today. Yeah, thank you so much. for joining us this week on Take Heart. If you're enjoying our podcast, could you do us a favor and leave a review on whatever platform that you're using to listen? You can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Take Heart Special Moms. If you have any questions or comments or would like to share your story with us, please follow the links in our show notes. We love hearing from our listeners. And be sure to listen in next Tuesday as Sarah continues our Take Heart Summer Interview Series with a special guest.